Here's a message from Ken Lavica. I think I'm falling in love. I think I'm falling in sports love. Like, not platonic love, but like sports love. I can't remember the last time I felt like this. I love the Dolphins' new head coach. Stone Labanowitz hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Programs. Turn it up! Turn it up! From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. I must say, in this in this industry, I think it's easy to get cynical. It's easy to be negative. But I'm bucking that trend today. Maybe I'll go back to it tomorrow. But I'm bucking that trend today because I feel good. Sports love is in the air. I am I am enthralled with the new guy coming to South Florida. Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3. He missed yesterday. He is in today. Thank God. Theo Dorsey for his regular Tuesday appearance here on Ken Levick Alive. WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29, and one of the faces of the best damn local sports TV coverage in Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast. And he is hydrated and he's ready to go. Are you really drinking that whole two gallon uh, thing of. Uh, it's one gallon. It's one gallon? Yeah, yeah. I've been I don't know how to. I don't know what gallons are. How can you not tell that this is one gallon? I don't know. <laughs> Have you ever I seen don't... a gallon of milk? It's, <laughs> a, it's literally a gallon of water <laughs> in a gallon jug and he All says right. two gallons. So, so, so I always. <laughs> I don't know why I thought milk was two gallons. Wow. Yeah, because it's a milk jug. I, I buy that at the store. Yeah. I, I buy that at Publix every single week. Up, right. up, up to I'm what just age, an idiot. Up to what age did you realize that it was <laughs> up one until gallon? Today, up right until today, <laughs> Up until 12.01.55, like, like literally 15 seconds ago. <laughs> so, not good. Uh, we're in the Anna John Levine Exit and Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach. Phillips Point Towers right off of the overcast and increasingly warm intercoastal. Stone Labanowitz, Friday Night Lights running things until 2 o'clock. He knows what a gallon is as opposed to two gallons. All right. Uh, it is it is rare, Theo, and I, I think I probably err on the side of pessimistic more often than not. And I honestly do think I honestly do think that it's the nature of being in sports radio. Now you're you're an optimistic person. You're generally happy and upbeat and uplifting. It's one of the things I like about when you're in here on Mondays and Tuesdays is that you have a a, a general sunshininess about you. But I also think that. Being in TV, being in TV media, you're always looking for for good stories. You're looking for uplifting stories. You're trying to tell a tale, and that keeps you above baseline. Is that at least a semblance accurate? Yeah, mostly like radio guy keeps teams and organizations in check. Whereas TV guys yeah. try to tell those nice, fluffy yeah. stories. Human interest yeah. things, yeah. and that's good, and we need that. And and that is absolutely necessary, not only in the media realm, but in the life realm. So then there's the sports radio aspect of it. We tend to be miserable. But here's why. Because we have found that fans, they want to react most when they're angry, when they're pissed off, when something's bothering them, when something's jabbing at them. That's when, Stone, you have the phones lit up because people will just want to argue, they want to yell, they want to scream, they want to get things off their chest. They're in the middle of a work day. No doubt. They're angry. It's influencing them. That is the world we live in, right? 
Yeah, it seemed like when Keely was, you know, talking about like discrimination and stuff the other day, people were just mm-hmm. waiting for mm-hmm. you to yell out that phone number and give us a ring. Because people are people get angry and they're more likely to react as opposed to when they're happy. But today I feel something different. I'm leaving my normal sports talk dungeon and I'm walking into Theo's light today because I can't stop reading about, I can't stop watching video of, I can't stop looking at the offensive schemes of Mike McDaniel. Mm. The Dolphins, and we talked about it at length yesterday, they have gone so outside the box with a new coach that looks and acts unlike any other coach in pro football history. Mike McDaniel is just different. And the Dolphins are taking a chance, a calculated risk, that he's going to be able to do something that Jimmy Johnson wasn't able to do, that Dave Wanstead wasn't able to do, that Tony Sperano wasn't able to do, that Cam Cameron wasn't able to do. Nick Saban. Nick Saban wasn't able to do because he <laughs> bailed and he quit. That Joe Philbin wasn't able to do, Adam Gase wasn't able to do, and Brian Flores wasn't able to do. And that is win and do it consistently and bring the Dolphins into the modern era of the NFL. Top 10 offense they haven't been since 1998. I want you to listen to short-statured, spindly, awkward Mike McDaniel talking with his new quarterback, Tua Tungavailoa, yesterday. This from MiamiDolphins.com. Listen to how refreshingly weird and odd Mike McDaniel is. There he is, man. I just had to get on with you real quick. Um, We're going to have an extensive professional relationship, my man. One thing I know about you is you have the ambition to be great. My job is to coach you to get all that greatness out of you. And it's going to be fun, man. It's going to be work, but I know you're not afraid of that. So um, this is is an awesome day for me, Um, and I'm damn sure going to make sure that when you look back on this day, you're going to be like, damn, that was one of the best days of my career, too. Okay? But I'll earn that from you. You got me? No, since you can't hear him, he's, there's a camera on us right now. Since you can't hear him, he's he's telling me how excited he is. <laughs> and uh, that there's no other coach you'd rather play for in the entire world. Which I thought was nice. Since <laughs> this is the first time I've really talked to him. <laughs> I'm elated, bro. It is It is an unbelievable opportunity for me that I do not plan on wasting in the slightest. I promise you that. Um, I'm all in. You're going to get the best um, out of me that you could possibly get. There's there's only one way to do anything great. So, um, and there's no shortcuts. But let's go do something that's worth doing. It's on, bro. If you don't have eye black at home, you better go get some eye black. Because we're going (laughs) outstanding, dude. I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm happy for myself. Um, and I think the Dolphins fans should be happy as well. There's something about that that's just so pure. And it's so awkward, <laughs> but it's so pure. It's so authentic. I I am rooting so hard for Mike McDaniel to succeed. Not because I, uh, I, I believe, and I do, but not because I, I only believe in what he brings offensively and his... His his schemes and his beliefs, the concept of him, someone like him who's so different, succeeding. I'm rooting so so hard for him. See, I think he is what you thought Joe Burrow was. 
You know how you said like is Joe Nerd Burrow cool. like dorky, okay. corny, cool? And you said he's smooth, cool. He's more Joe Burrow is smooth, cool. cool. This guy is more corny, corny, dorky, nerdy, cool. nerdy, cool. Okay, that's what it is, right? There. And maybe that's what appeals to me more than like purely cool. Why I was questioning Joe Burrow and why I find myself sports attached to Mike <laughs> McDaniel. I just I I can't remember. It's been a long time. I suppose, since there's been an athlete or a coach that I've rooted for so hard like I am right now for Mike McDaniel. I honestly think that the last athlete that I was rooting so hard for was probably Tiger Woods Mm. before he won the Masters. Desperate to see him do something, something great one more time. I want to see Mike McDaniel do something great. I am so invested in him now. I don't know if you have a similar person, similar athlete, similar coach that you feel the same way about, but man, I'm putting Mike McDaniel up on Tiger Woods level for me. I, I like that pick from you. Uh, this was tough for me because when I opened it up to not just football and not just coaches and any athlete um, across America, there's one guy that just has my heart, that just every single time I see him do anything, Can I'm I always guess? defending him. Yeah. You want to guess Let it? me guess. Let me what guess. you got? Uh, does he does he pretend to rip his shirt open after touchdowns? No, no, no. Oh, no. it's not Cam. It was it, it would have been Cam Newton maybe Dude. a year or two ago. Okay, okay. It but been. then he got washed, and so you <laughs> left him. Oh, yeah, I've given up Watch on that. It. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I've yeah. Given, like we gave him his shot. It looked uh-huh. really great uh-huh. in Carolina. Now I've given up on that. But there's one guy <laughs> I still feel myself every single time defending, and I've been doing this for like four or five years, and I was recently vindicated with him winning a championship. That's another hint. Mm. He just won a championship, a guy that a lot of people didn't think could do it, a guy that showed out on the biggest stage, 50 points, 15 rebounds. Giannis. 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 For, for Giannis, it was back when he had that first season with the Bucks, where he led them in all major five statistical categories. I was banging the drum. He's a top 10 player in the league. He's all NBA. He's going to be one of the next great players. Everybody was like, well, he can't shoot. Everybody was so focused well, on what he Well, when he, he played do. basketball, it looked like a baby deer. He did, but – he, was, he had just started playing ball like five years ago, like literally. So for me to be banging the drum for that guy and then for him to also be living up to it and he's still in his prime, I feel like every single time I see – and it's, it's love-hate. I'm a Miami Heat fan yeah, 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 through and through. And what he did to us in the playoffs did not feel but good. But that makes your love even more strong because you stick with that guy even through yeah. blasting through the heat yeah. in the playoffs last year. I, I am feeling such a pull towards Mike McDaniel. I'm telling you, I have not felt like this towards an athlete or a coach since Tiger. Since my constant defense of Tiger Woods over and over and over again, Theo feels sports love for Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, who, who, player, coach, who do you feel sports love to, a connection to, someone you'll defend, you'll root for, no matter what, no matter the city they're in, no matter the team they play for. Who do you give your sports love to, player or coach? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And you can tweet at us, at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. No matter what, you are loyal to this person. You back this person. You need to be fan-linked to this person because Mike McDaniel has become that for me. And I didn't really know of Mike McDaniel until about, I don't know, seven months ago. And just seeing the way that he conducts himself, seeing the way he acts, 
He's just different. He's refreshing to me, I think, because in a world of spittle flying and screaming and yelling and uh, the, 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 the I'm, I'm smarter than you and you've got to be tougher than the other guy and get in the weight room, he defies all of that because he doesn't look like someone who should live in the football realm, let alone succeed in the football realm. And then you hear those who speak so highly of him, that awkward conversation with Tua, but him willing to take on this challenge. I love it. Like I, I absolutely love it. And the Dolphins did something I didn't think they were going to do, and that was take a risk. Because there was a lot on the line. Chris Greer's job, Stephen Ross's ownership, season tickets, legacy of a franchise, and they did something outside of the box. They did something different. I am rooting so hard for Mike McDaniel. I, I absolutely love him, and I do think that it is because he doesn't look like he belongs. I yeah. think he doesn't look like he belongs, and that's my draw to him. Stone, where do you where do your allegiances lie? I mean, I'm with him all the way. I think it's like the new age of what we're going to start seeing a lot more and more. I know that the analytics word kind of annoys everybody at this point um, in time, especially after the season, but I mean, I think that this is where it's headed. I think he's going to end up being more confident than he is in these interviews and these, you know, conversations with Tua on the phone. He's got it going on. The coaching tree he stems from, what he knows, and what he has to work with in Miami, I think he's going to be uber confident. I'm excited to see what he can do. Dennis, he is confident. That's the thing. It's no not doubt. like he's meek. It's yeah. not like me, where I'm small statured and I just sort of like keep my head down and <laughs> then I get in front of a mic and I can talk and talk and talk. But if you see me face to face, I'm just saying, uh, like, he's confident. Man, you just ran a marathon. Hey, man, I, 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 Seriously. I, I challenge myself. I don't want to do it around others, but I challenge myself. <laughs> um, but, man, he's so damn confident. Yeah, you, I love you, it. You mentioned that he was kind of nerdy cool. I don't think Joe Burrow could pull off the fit he did when he landed Bro, on the on the jet was, in Miami. I'm telling you that that suit, I mean that fit was perfect. The Gucci shades, yeah. all of it, yeah. perfect. I could have done without the um, the AirPods. Yeah, people who wear those 100 percent of the time always a bit sketchy. But I'm glad he took them off once you got into the building. Always. A bit like, what are what are you always listening to? Who are you always talking to with the AirPods? In fact, let me take it a step further, Theo. When I'm when I'm out when I was training for the marathon, I would be out at like five fifteen, five thirty in the morning, running, getting a run in, and there's people walking and they're talking on the phone. Who are you talking on the phone to at five fifteen, five thirty in the morning? Who could you possibly be talking you to know at what that, that is? time? That's second family hour. That's uh, a <laughs> Oh that's, wow. <laughs> I gotta I gotta step outside, get a walk in at five thirty in the morning so I can Talk to my second wife check, and kids. <laughs> check, in on, check in on the girlfriend. You know what? That that may very well be it. Um, but but I, <laughs> I I just I feel I feel this this sports connection to Mike McDaniel and and when Tiger was and it's it's right when Tiger got in trouble. After uh, you know his his harem of lovers. Oh, speaking of second family, yeah, yeah. Speaking of second <laughs> and third and fourth families, yeah. Uh, even restaurant families yeah. in there. But he uh, when he came back and everybody was just killing him, just crushing him. And I think it was just me being defiant. Like you know what, I want this guy to stick up a middle finger, both middle fingers at anybody who's doubting him. And it took so long, and it was, and then the injuries came, mm. and it was such a climb up of a sports Everest for him to even get back to competing again. But he wasn't able to win a major, and that provided more ammo for people to say, "Yep, never been the same. He'll never do it again." Doubt him, make fun of him, so much so that I became like hardcore Tiger. I was sort of eh about Tiger. 
Then he cheated on his wife, and then I became a massive fan. <laughs> I don't know what that says. I, about I know, you. <laughs> I know. But but I got I got into total. Let's go, Tiger. Show them show them that they're wrong. And bounce back. I kind of feel like that's similar with Mike McDaniel. I think that he gets written off a little bit because of how he looks and because of how he conducts himself. And now we're having this ridiculous conversation about how he identifies racially, and that's a stupid conversation. <laughs> so weird. People are just finding ways to try and, and uh, poke into this and try and diminish it, and that makes me want him to succeed more. Like I just believe in him because I think he's one of the most authentic things going in pro football. But is anybody mad at him because of his, like, Multiracial background. I don't think I didn't see anybody I, poking at it. It's I, just, I, trying to figure it out. <laughs> I I think that there probably are some people upset with that dude. He doesn't look black. He's not black. He can't sit here and and, and why do the 49ers get draft picks? Yeah. Uh, for the Dolphins making a diversity higher. Like I do think there are some angry people that want to diminish it. That want him to take a, a 23 and me. That want to <laughs> dig back into his family tree. I, and yeah. for for whatever reason, I don't know. But like he's he's diminishing uh, the biracial tag. I really truly it believe some people are angry at him. So I don't. I, I know that there might be some people out there. I think there's a minority that's angry. There's a majority that is intrigued. Like, hey, I'm intrigued. What yeah. is going on here? And then there's also a thing of like, okay, it is weird because he, you know, the 49ers are getting the benefit of it. He's slightly getting the benefit of it because he's technically going to be a diversity hire for the Dolphins and their, you know, their whole loss, whatever they're dealing with with Brian Flores, that helps them. But also, it's like it's weird because he didn't really truly live that black experience no. because he doesn't look like a black guy. Right. Like right. again, if he was looking like a black guy, does he get shot down like Eric Bieniemy does because he has a great play caller ahead of him? I mean, he was the old, nobody's sure. questioning Mike McDaniel's smarts. And all of that. But you answered your question. I think this is why there That's why are people some are trying to upset because he didn't live the true black experience. But to me, it like it does to me it doesn't matter because specifically to his case, that's not his fault. And it's also no. nothing that we should hold against him. Like he's just a guy that wants to be a head coach in the NFL and he got his opportunity. Yeah, and he didn't mention anything about it potentially yeah. you know, that 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 he had a, a black father and a black grandmother until like month six months ago. Right. So it's not like he's been spinning this tale and telling this story. He's yeah. he's not a, a, a Rachel Dolezal type yeah, of yeah. situation where he's trying to be something he's not. He's just him. He understands his place in culture and in with race and everything. He mm-hmm. understands that. And I think it was just one of those interviews where, yeah, he opened up about yeah. it. Hey, like, you know, my pops is black, right. whatever. Uh, I don't think it needs to be a big thing. It just, no. It's, it's just very weird. It came at an awkward time. That's what it is. It came at a very awkward time for the NFL when it comes to diversity yeah. hiring. If he got hired two years ago, nobody would blink twice about it. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're and, right. And he's literally following up a black coach who is file, you know, filing, filing a, a lawsuit in the NFL about. And not only filing a lawsuit, but now diminishing another black oh head coach gosh, who got yeah. fired and turning it into "woe is me." <laughs> uh, we'll get to Brian Flores yeah. in a second because I am by the day losing more and more respect for the cause, which I was all in on last week, and now Brian Flores and his lawyers are completely blowing that whole thing up. Uh, I am totally into Mike McDaniel. Love Mike McDaniel. For Theo, for him, it is, it, it, it's Giannis Antetokounmpo. All day. Ride or die with Giannis. Uh, I, I'm in sports love. I'm, I am right now sports romance myself. And Mike McDaniel, which player or coach do you experience that with? It could be any sport, 
But I, I don't think I have a stronger feeling for any athlete or player or coach right now than with, with Mike McDaniel. This is intense. I cannot wait for next football season already. The Dolphins have sucked me back in. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And you can tweet at us at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. Ken Levick Alive is presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. And you're going to love the FAU MBA Sport Management Program because it is your path to the sports industry. It's elite. It's number 19 in the world in postgraduate sport business programs. That according to Sport Business, the publication, internationally renowned. So many have found their way into sports because they got their MBA in sport management at Florida Atlantic. It's pretty self-explanatory. You get into the program. You learn from professors who are in the sports industry. You adapt to the times like the program has. You get the internship. You meet the people. Dr. Jim Reardon, so well-connected, the man in charge. Well, I don't have to say anything more than that. You know the rest. Success. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program, 22 years of helping the sports executives of tomorrow. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. That's FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Who do you have the most undying respect, the most undying sports love for, player or coach? 888-760-3776. 3776 and tweeted us at KLV1063. When we return, no surprise, Brady's already talking about maybe coming back. He's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 1063. You are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 1063. Here's Ken Levick. Presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. It has taken Tom Brady only one week to start maybe keeping the door cracked open a little <laughs> bit about coming back to play football. Like not even, not even as <laughs> in a little month go by after retirement, and he's still Still keeping that door cracked open. Ken Levick alive. Theo Dorsey with us. WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. He'll have his temple a troll as we get through uh, to 2 o'clock here on ESPN 106.3. So the Let's Go Sirius XM show. That is the uh, the show that Tom Brady does with, uh, with Jim Gray. And uh, Jim Gray asked the following question. MJ came back, Muhammad Ali came back, Mike Tyson came back, so inevitably some quarterback's going to get hurt or not perform at the level, and it's going to start in July in training camp. It's going to go again in September and probably again in October and November. How are you going to entertain those thoughts, and would you ever consider a comeback? Here was Tom Brady's response. You know, I'm just going to take things as they come. I think that's the best way to put it, and I don't think anything, you know, you never say never. At the same time, I know that I'm very, I feel very good about my decision. I don't know how I'll feel six months from now. Don't know if it'll change. It most likely won't, but I try to make the best possible decision I can in the moment, which I did this last week. Nothing about that seems definitive at all. Yeah. Absolutely nothing about that seems definitive. I... I knew this was going to happen. It was the most obvious thing. You called it when we, even before we retired. Yeah. And we we asked, will we ever see Brady again? I said, yeah, he's done. I, what more does he have to prove? Leave. 
You're 44 years old. You said he'll retire and then he'll make a comeback. And I laughed at you. Yeah. I scoffed at that. But now it, it's been it's been barely a week. <laughs> barely a week. It happened what, Stone? Last m- Tuesday. Literally. Last Tuesday. It is now. It's been all week. Today's Tuesday. A week, one week. It's been a week, and he's already saying things like, "You never say never." Where would Brady go to? What situation would work for him? Because it's not like Philip Rivers, where the Colts called and Rivers was like, "Oh God, I got to get away from my nine kids." Absolutely, <laughs> I am leaving San Diego and I am coming to Indy. I'll play for a season. All good. Uh, Brady's not going to go to Houston. Nah. Brady's not going to go to Charlotte. Uh, he'll wait for a Derek Carr to fizzle out and go join with Josh McDaniels. So what is what is where would Tom Brady go to? Like what is the situation he would come back Raiders. to? I think for me, well, what do you what, what's your if you had to pick one team? Um, I don't know. Would he go? Would he go back to Tampa in case of no. injury to whoever the the the, the quarterback's going to be? So this is what I would say specifically to his retirement. Because to me, it was never about did he not think he could play anymore? Did he not want to get hit anymore? Does he want to spend more time with his family? To me, he looked at the Bucks roster and their situation and the fact that the coaching staff was getting poached, and he was like, this is not a Super Bowl team next year. I'm retiring because I know I can't run it back with this squad. Mm-hmm. That was a major. That was the majority of his decision. The rest of it was, yeah, it would be nice to take a year off, spend some time with fam. I think next year it has to be NFC, right? Because you're not. Why going would he to the come AFC. back to the AFC? And so I see what Stone's saying about the, the Raiders. Raiders. But why? Forget, forget the AFC. Why would you go to that division? That would be tough. I mean, think about be that. The- Herbert and Mahomes, and you're like, hey, here I am. I'm 45. <laughs> let's go. Yeah, nothing no, to lose. Nothing no to prove. Way. No, but why? No, but come he's back then? he's not going to come back if he feels like he has nothing to prove. Yeah, he's going to come back if he has something to prove, and that would be. Winning another championship. That truly would be, like Orlovsky saying yesterday, uh, the Rams not winning is a failure of a season, which is patently ridiculous because they are in the Super Bowl. That in and of itself makes for a successful definition. But Brady would consider it a failure if he didn't come back next year somewhere and win a championship because that's the one thing he has to prove himself. It has to be in the NFC, right? It has to be NFC. And if you think about the NFC teams and who's positioned where – the best roster out there with the best coaching staff and a guy that, you know, they just lost a guy that you love now, and they don't have the quarterback position figured out yet is the San Francisco 49ers. Mm. They were just in the NFC Championship game. They know Jimmy G isn't enough. Trey Lance, obviously, since he couldn't supplant Jimmy G in his rookie year, his second year here, we'll see. He just lost his OC. I mean, I don't think he would mind sitting behind Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah, well – well, he wouldn't. I don't think he could come back. Oh, that's so loser wait next talk, year. man. Come what on. are you talking about? We'll fight Brady. Let's well, go. Trey Lance is gonna. <laughs> Trey Lance is likely gonna suck next year. No doubt, right? That's quite an assumption to make. If he could not supplant Jimmy G, Jimmy G and and Kyle Shanahan won a lot together. Why would you just throw Trey Lance in there? No, Let no, him no, no. season for a year, and now he's ready to go. No, he's he, dynamic. He's not ready. It's clear. He's we haven't ready. heard anything Are about him. Are we in the Bay Area? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you been watching him practice? The fact that we haven't heard anything or like we stopped seeing him was told us all that we needed telling. to know. That was very telling. Like I know how it goes in practice. Like this kid can't, you know, perform in Skelly, which is like seven on or like some of these inside drills. And they're like, you know what? You know what? You're just not ready. I mean, it's as simple as that. I don't think he's he was a kid. Ready. 
I don't think he was ready. Remember, for one, he he played in the Carson Wentz League. Watch in out, college. I'm not saying, that, but listen, <laughs> the Carson listen, Wentz League. In his second year, in his second year, he did he played one game because of COVID. I know, they I'm scheduled just, one game. Well, I'm not saying it's his fault. I'm saying he's not ready for him to go from playing in that league where it's not as much comp. The next year, he plays one one game, and then he goes into the NFL, and he obviously wasn't ready if he couldn't beat out Jimmy G who they were begging not to throw right. the football to. So what if Aaron Rodgers gets traded to the 49ers? Then the 49ers are out. <laughs> so, so I guess let's do it top three. And by the way, I'm offended that you brought up North Dakota State, where Carson Wentz, yeah. Trey Lance, that football league, the proud FCS. It's there great. Are I'm powers. not saying it's bad. How did you, Mr. FCS star, quarterfinal playoff appearance at Southern Illinois, not push back at he did. Theo after he diminished your college accomplishments? The football league, right? I've never heard that one before, but I said watch out. And Trey, La- Trey Lance torched us with like 160 yards on the ground. And oh, like, you played Trey oh, Lance? Oh, yeah. Oh, he so, us. so wait, he wasn't good enough in practice, <laughs> but you saw him firsthand roll over your guys' asses in college? He was just kicking ass in the football league, whatever uh, it is out the there and whatever was going on. No. Said, you know, the football No, that is crap, Theo. I should have yeah, come after Yeah, you. exactly. Wait, wait, so That's now stand up for yourself, all right, Stone. All right, so how many quarterbacks right now in the NFL are doing good from that league? Easton Stick. Who? Easton Stick. <laughs> Excuse me? Is, sitting behind is, Justin that, a, Herbert. is that a name? Easton oh, Stick I'm is North, North Dakota State Bison, Carson Wentz, and Trey Lance. It would be probably the only three all right. quarterbacks from so, that Well, league. they all came from one school. They did. They yeah. did. Well, the, school. You asked quarterbacks. That's them. That's okay. the quarterback. But I'm just saying, so it's like, so he came from that league where Carson Wentz obviously is like, I don't know. We're kind of like, is this it for No, him? Carson Wentz isn't good, shot? but he did have one good, a good year. season. And Trey Lance, he, just, it, he also is shorthanded because at least Wentz played, what, three years in that league? Mm-hmm. I feel like he did, right? Three full seasons. Yeah. Lance played a season and a game. So what are we talking uh-huh. here? He just has no experience is what but I'm saying. But also, you're, you're saying that, that Trey Lance should have just automatically beat out a guy, even though he's really limited, that has played in a Super Bowl. Yeah. That is very comfortable with that offense that the 49ers are running. Because the 49ers win in spite of him, like what is he comfortable with? Handing the ball off to <laughs> Debo Samuel? They don't even want him to throw the football to Debo Samuel. They're like, you know what? You can't Pitch get it, it to him. him just, throw, just turn around and give it to him. I think Trey Lance can do that successfully. <laughs> uh, Ken the Alive here on ESPN 106.3. So fine. Let's do the top three that Brady would come back to. Okay. Yeah. So the Niners, I think that's a good call. If they were in crisis, if Trey Lance couldn't get the job done or they needed someone in training camp. And it's his hometown. And it's his hometown. Uh, Then another NFC team. The Packers. Would would you really want to go to Green Bay? I wouldn't, but he played like 20 years in Foxborough. We talked about him not one. 45. He's going to be 45. A 45-year-old wants to go play in that. (laughs) We talked about Rodgers not wanting to go play in Tampa Bay and being Brady's shadow. I know Brady would not want to do that as well. Yeah, see, that's big pressure. Hold on now. If Brady goes to Green Bay and wins the Super Bowl. (laughs) If you ask any Green Bay fan, they do not want Tom Brady. I guarantee it. Yeah. None of them. You're right. You're right. I mean, but okay, so what are we talking then? What rosters are set up for Brady to step in and win and then that's in the, the NFC? Thing. The NFC is really tough. I think the, the the number one choice is San Francisco, and then there's a big gap. It is. Hometown yeah. hero. He this is it was his favorite team growing up. Uh-huh. And they have the best roster maybe in the NFL sans the quarterback position. What about he because their current quarterback just scrubbed all his Instagram of any mention of the team he currently plays oh, no, for. Please don't. What about the cards, man? Kyler Murray seems to be upset. 
Kyler Murray, who's the size of me, and talks like this, he <laughs> seems to be really, really upset. Say something happens there, maybe Brady swoops into the desert, and it fits in with his retirement lifestyle. Yeah. He goes from one retirement area, area to the other. That'll drag Larry Fitzgerald out. Oh, my god! Do you gosh. think Larry would what come back and play with the guy? He would, but why would we want him to? D- doesn't he have receiving weapons there? No Wouldn't doubt. Brady have receiving weapons there? Wouldn't Brady have a team that you – like Brady with that team, don't you think that they're probably hanging in there against the Rams they might need a in the wild card game? They might need a new coach. For you don't think that, oh, that no. Cliff and, and Tommy could, could no, work together? I don't think so. Tom, I think, Tom would elevate Cliff. I think they need a new coach if that's going to happen. But – Cliff is already going to be, you know, pending a hot seat this upcoming season. So it could be a two-for-one deal where a coach goes in and gets Brady. But I could see it maybe happening. I don't think it would happen with Cliff Kingsbury. Do you think Brady, do you think Tom Brady will actually come back? And if so, where? Do you think Tom Brady will actually come back as he definitely did not close the door on last night on Sirius XM? Do you think Brady would actually come back and where would be the best destination? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. You can tweet at us at KLV1063. Again, 888-760-3776. Do you actually think Brady would come back and where would be the best destination? And I heard Evan talking about this at 11.55, and I know that Evan Cohen is super pumped, and he's probably getting tingly in his loins <laughs> about the concept of Tom Brady returning. It would be so annoying. I would be so annoyed if Tom Brady came back. Because you know what, bro? We get it. We get it. You won seven championships. You're the best of all time. You, we know you're competitive. But just walk away. Let everybody else have their moment. Let the new era come in. Let Patrick Mahomes have his shine. Let Justin Herbert have his shine. Let Joe Burrow head to the top of the heap. Why do we still need Brady uh, now just picking rosters and teams that he wants to come back to because it would cater to a championship. I don't need Tom Brady going on a ring chase. Yeah. I don't want Tom. I prefer to remember Tom Brady as the guy who brought his team at 44 years old all the way back against the eventual NFC champions, and then they lost because he never touched the ball again. I'm fine with that. I'm f- I don't need to see 45-year-old Tom Brady ring chase. I just don't. It, it wouldn't be. Now, the only way to me that it would end up being a good story again or something that I would actually enjoy watching, as a guy who spent most of Brady's career rooting against him, now I'm good with him because he's earned that kind of respect, um, is, is if he went to the 49ers and actually won the Super Bowl. Now, if he does anything short of that, like if he goes to a team and loses in the second round again, it's kind of like, it almost Why did this icky. happen? Yeah, like yeah. It, it'd be like, oh, you just wasted our time. It, it's a sadder way to go out. Like you tried it and it didn't work out. It's kind of, it's kind of miserable. It's almost like how Big Ben left, where it's like, all right, like get out. Like we're, yeah, we're yeah, yeah, all right, uh, push him off the career. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, all right, it's been a good run. Yeah. We're gonna put you down. And now. we don't need to see that with Tom Brady. We, no, we, I don't want to see that. It, I don't. It, it's great how it is. I'd lo- I, I think we could argue. That he went out as on top as he was going to with this Bucks team, right? Yeah. Like we don't. We didn't seriously, truly believe they were going to win another championship. They were too injured. They were too limited. Did they have a chance? Sure. 
But if they were going to lose, did they go out in the biggest blaze of glory possible? Oh, yeah. 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 That that's a great time to walk off into the sunset. I don't want there to be a Jordan Wizards. No. I don't want there to be a Big Ben. I know they made the playoffs, but I don't want there to be another Phillip Rivers because while it was fun in the moment, do we really truly remember the the final year of Phillip Rivers? Like no. I don't want that. We don't need that. The Dwayne Wade stuff makes always makes me sad when I think about it. Yeah, how they missed the guy. playoffs. Or just Chicago to Cleveland or whatever yeah. it was. But I, then he, he had he, – the, the one saving grace for that is Wade came back down here and he balled. Yeah. I mean, he's hitting game-winning shots. He is leading the team. But what ruins it is that what was around him was abject trash, and they ended up missing the playoffs. Yeah. D-Wade should have gone out in the playoffs – I love the fact that he was able to have one final run and he played awesome and turned into retro D Wade, but the fact they missed the playoffs tarnishes that. Like, know when it's time to leave. And I knew Brady was going to do this. I didn't think it would happen after a week. Yeah. I knew Brady was going to do this, though. Don't leave the door open, man. You're going out the right way. And I'm not saying this because I'm rooting against Brady. I don't care anymore. He's not in the Dolphins division. Go out the right way. Like, just, just, just do it the right way, please. You deserve it. We deserve it as people who watched you do it at the highest level for 20 years. Yeah. We don't need a one last dance year no. out of Tom Brady. No, not not at all. Not at all. And I hate the idea of a farewell tour. I know Stone, you're into it. Oh yeah, he wants it. But I don't I don't <laughs> think I don't think a farewell tour is a good idea. I mean, I think I stand there because you guys were so against this guy being a drama queen and you know how humble he was. And like, look, he's already bored a weekend and already starting to stir who the pot and hop humble? on the spot. Who said he was humble? You is guys Tom said Brady that- humble? We never said humble. Is Tom Brady not humble? He's what? not humble. What Tom you, Brady? Yeah. When have you ever seen a humble bone in that dude's body? I mean, he he's very self-aware with what he's done he's and where he's at. Self-aware doesn't mean that yeah, he's, he's humble. humble. He is arrogant. Yeah, he's I, an arrogant prick. And if <laughs> is he an if, arrogant prick? Is, if he if he wasn't humble, do you think he'd be opening the door after a week to coming back? Like, hey, teams, think about me. I'm here potentially. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that TV twelve stuff is gonna get so boring. Uh, yeah, think about it though. <laughs> Eating kale and and unsalted almonds uh, while not playing football—that's gonna suck, bro. Get a burger, sit back, and retire. Okay, Tom Brady. Do you think he's gonna come back? He opened the door. I think it's probably more than a crack. Like he sort of elbowed it open oh, yeah. last night. And if so, what is the best situation for him? Is it San Fran? Is it Arizona? With social media drama queen Kyler Murray, like a teenage girl and her ex-boyfriend scrubbing his Insta of any mention of the Arizona Cardinals. Where is it? Is it Tampa again? Is it Green Bay at 45 dragging your creaky joints up to that cold weather? Mm. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Let's go to Palm Beach. That's where Gary is. Gary, you're on Ken Levick Alive. What's going on, Gary? Well, uh, Ken, I was watching uh, local news the other night, yeah. and they were talking that Tom is having a house built in Miami yeah, right believe, now as we speak. I believe it's in North Miami, right? Like right on the coast. Somewhere down there, yeah. yeah. But uh, my guess is if he decided that he wanted to come back and play for maybe one year, uh I would think he would play for the team that's closest to his home so he could still spend time with his family. And uh, my guess is if he comes back for one more year, it would be the Dolphins. Whoa. Oh my God. All right, so, so Gary, let me, uh, let me process that, okay, and appreciate the call. 
Uh-oh. You know all the things I just said <clears throat> about uh, about Brady not being humble and about why would we want to see him come back yeah, and yeah. go through that? <laughs> if the Dolphins were the team that he was considering, <laughs> I'd at least open my mind yeah. to it. Could you imagine Brady and Mike McDaniel in the same offense? Think about it. Uh, a, a Mike McDaniel offense that's predicated on the run, where you have tackles in motion and fullbacks and blocking tight ends, taking the pressure off of the greatest quarterback of all time and allowing him to just cook when his number is called. All right, Tommy. If I showed up to the stadium for work on Sundays and looked at the team store and saw a teal 12 Tom Brady jersey, I would not know what to do. I would I have t- no clue. I tell you what, Brian Flores blew the opportunity, allegedly. Brian Flores could have made it a reality if he just, while at lunch. What a, what a gesture it was from Stephen Ross to let Brian Flores come and have lunch with him on that yacht. And all Brian Flores had to do was just talk, just talk to Tommy. Just plant a seed in his mind. Hey, Tommy, come play for us. The Dolphins could have redemption. You know who would talk with Tommy? Mike McDaniel. He would. Mike McDaniel would talk to him. He would talk to him. Tom Brady. Do you think he'd come? I'm about to be included in that lawsuit. Uh, Tom Brady. (laughs) Tom Brady. Would he come back, and what's the best situation? Do you think he would come back? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Let's head to Jupiter. That's where Jim is. What's going on, Jim? Yeah, hey guys, I still think it's San Francisco, and they'll swap Tua for Trey Lance, and uh, they'll get rid of the problem in Miami, and they'll get rid of the uh, backup in uh, San Francisco, and Tom can stay with his parents. That's what they'll do. Thanks. I appreciate it. Wait, wait. So we're going to work? So wait, so he's going to. T- so. So why is Tua just Tua come in? All of why did Where Tua, is Tua get, come yeah, in? Tua's chilling at home on the couch. He's, here's he's his like, name wait, I'm going this. to San Francisco, yeah. but Brady's going to be there? What happened? What? Wait, so what are the Dolphins getting in that? Uh, the Dolphins get Trey Lance, I think. Oh, 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 oh. So Mike McDaniel's going to... Oh, bring his guy. Bring his guy. Even though he didn't even play his guy. Right, right. So, right. Well, he wasn't the head coach. Now he's in charge. That's true. Okay, so maybe he liked Trey so Lance. So Trey Lance comes to the Dolphins. Tua goes to San Francisco to be the backup to Brady. And and don't forget, the problem in Miami is how we've we've labeled Tua now. The problem in Miami is Tua. Okay. All right. I mean, sure. I, sure. I'm no. kind of confused a little bit by this. Yeah, I don't know. I can't wait for Chris Greer to give up two first-round picks to go get Trey Lance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mike is in Wellington. What's going on, Mike? Hey, Ken, not because I'm biased, but I think the best spot for Tom to come back to is Tampa. I agree. You know, the team's established. You know, the chemistry's already there. It'd be year three. He's got a gorgeous yacht here in that bay over there. Um, and I feel, you know, him playing at 45 will bring a lot of these guys back on one-year deals in. He, he won't say it's a last run, but if he comes back to the Bucks, which has a very young defense still, this team could run it back, and I feel like he'd be most comfortable than having to go to a whole different city, new team. You know, the chemistry's here now in year three, and that's just my opinion, Ken. See, Mike, I feel for you, though, because I know you're a Bucks fan, and I know you want this, and it's unfair to you that he's opened this door, that we're sitting here having this to talk torture. to. This is torture. Yeah, he, he's torturing <laughs> you when just when you've decided to let go and realize, all right, well, time to move on post-Brady. He's sucking you back in. This is unfair to you. 
Yeah, exactly. It's it, it's it's. I'm reliving it all over again now. <laughs> well, it's all right, Mike. You have a you. He brought you a Super Bowl ring. Okay, yeah, yeah. so 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 get over it. To okay. an extent. Yeah. Also, at what point did this defense become super young? I mean, they have a couple young players who are starting there, but like Shaq Barrett is going to be like 29 mm-hmm. next year. That's not young. That's like prime age and about to go over the hill. Uh, I guess Antoine Winfield Jr. is young, but yeah. that's an old se- team. I'd say the secondary is probably where the youth lives. Yeah, but, but not they're the not entire that good. defense, right? <laughs> so this like the youth yeah. of your team. See, that's isn't the that problem. Good. Yeah, like there, there is. Is it is it youth or is it that they're just bad? <laughs> they're just young. They're, yeah. they're young, right. but they're not good. Right. And then Devin White, I guess, is young, but Levante David. So I don't know, man. The Bucks are not the team he's going back to. That's the reason why he retired. Tom Brady. Will he come back after certainly sort of dangling it out there on Sirius XM last night, the Let's Go radio show? And if he does come back, where would he go? Where is the best place for him to go? I maintain there's not a chance that those old bones would step foot willingly in Green Bay unless the Packers kidnapped him and forced him to play for that team. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. As always, the Twitter is open, at KLV1063. It's my personal Twitter. Don't abuse it. He's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 1063. You are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 1063. Here's Ken Levick. I keep thinking, keep thinking about Tom Brady coming back to Green Bay. I mean, that would be miserable. I have you, how, how far north have you been in wintertime, Theo? Like, what's the furthest north you've been? You know, it's funny. I actually, a couple years ago, in the middle of when I think it was like February, I interviewed in Green Bay for a TV job. Really? Yes. It was snowing. It oh. was cold. It was miserable, and I declined the so job. So you, so you, you interviewed for a job in Green Bay, Wisconsin, yes. <laughs> and you, you talk about a man who has properly controlled his destiny. Yeah. He said no to them, <laughs> and now lives and works in West Palm Beach, Florida. Yeah, you were a blessed man. I'm from Houston, Texas. I lived a blessed and worked in the South. man. And I almost did it. Like, I was almost – because it was a job where I could have covered the Packers. This is like – Oh, right yeah. Now, yeah, it would have been great, but it would have been cold. Trust me, as someone who grew up in Chicago and spent a year in Wisconsin in that winter, made the right call. Covering yeah. the Packers is cool. It gets canceled out by the shuffling, <laughs> the not being able to leave your apartment complex, all that stuff. Yeah. All that stuff. And I would have had to invest in all of this winter gear that I just did not have uh-uh, from the ground uh-uh. up. On TV money, on local TV guy money. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. I was going to say. Like, <laughs> winter gear, and you're already going to be living in an apartment in, in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Oof. Yeah. Man, your life took a turn for the much better. Well <laughs> done, man. Way to advocate for yourself. Uh, Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levicka. We're presented by... <laughs> The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. All right, so let's go to Joe in Jupiter. Hello, Joe. Hello, guys. Good afternoon. Happy Monday. Happy Tuesday. That's okay. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's got a great a case start of for the me. Tuesdays. <laughs> hey, good start, Joe. What, uh, what do you got, buddy? First of all, <laughs> he's not coming to Dallas. Even if the position was open, he's too smart. <laughs> he would never throw himself into this mess. Um, but uh, what about the Saints? It's about a, what, mm-hmm. two-hour flight? 
Yeah, the I mean, Saints. The position's open. Cross my New mind. Coach, it or? would be for me. I would think that that's more realistic if Sean Payton were still the head coach, right? He can't be in the same division as the Bucks. Yes, he can. He can. He doesn't have that much of a yeah. bear to the Bucks. It would be nice if Alvin Kamara to have Alvin Kamara. If he's not beating people up, in Michael the club. Thomas coming back. Yeah, yeah, Michael Tom. Like he's going to have weapons. It's going to be a good spot. Yeah. Does he want to go play for Dennis Allen? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know much about Dennis. <laughs> I got Theo just that, 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 Theo just left. <laughs> There's Theo's reaction yeah, to that. Like if it was Sean Payton, I'd say okay, maybe. But I just don't. I don't. And, and by the way, sorry that the Dolphins didn't uh, take Kellen Moore off your hands, Joe. Oh yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah. That I was going to comment on that, but yeah. so that, that that was that was disappointing. So we're stuck with him. And uh, we're stuck with everybody. <laughs> we're like, stuck with everybody. Yeah. That, that, Joe just summed up the Cowboys perfectly. <laughs> Happy Monday. Call, Happy we're Monday, just, Joe. Happy Monday. We're just stuck with everybody on Tuesday. <laughs> I, I love Theo's reaction. I mean, would he want to play with Dennis Allen? Just laughter. Yeah, like. Just laughter. <laughs> and that is why I don't think that, that Tom Brady would go play in New Orleans. No chance. Not no happening. Chance. Have, you, um, have you watched a single solitary second of the Olympics? No. I did, I did see some of Leslie Jones's uh, tweets in her commentary. And then NBC made her take it all down. Yeah, they chopped her off the, off the tweet and block off of that. So that yeah. woman has made a lot of money for NBC. She's the best thing going because she's bringing, she's bringing attention to an Olympics that, like, does anybody really truly feel invested in it? And they said, hey, Leslie, take that stuff down. Cut it off. Cut it what off. What are you doing? I mean, come on. I haven't watched. I mean, I'm I'm telling you, glanced at the TV once during the opening ceremonies. I haven't watched anything, and I, I don't know. Does that make me a bad sports person? Like I just I just don't know. Does it make me a bad American? I I just don't have. It's not that. It's hard to find time to do it. I'd much rather watch it in the afternoon, the live stuff, than watch it in the evening. But I don't have a desire. To watch this. I would love to talk about this on the other side, but I watched a figure skater who was directly, you know, compared to the Tom Brady and the greatest of all time in the sport, and I was amazed for three hours. I couldn't stop watching it. Wow. He won gold. But and can you the compare a figure skater to Tom Brady when the, I have no idea who you're talking about? Right. The Twitter nerds were calling this the Super Bowl was it of that, figure that skating. Nathan Chen guy? Yeah. The, the American? Yep. Well, I, I know him. Three hours of my night watching him. All right, we are going to talk about that. Stone Lebanowitz, Friday Night Lights, football pride of South Fork, and a, a, a playoff winner at the FCS level. It's walking, watching three hours of men's figure skating. But I haven't watched a second of the Olympics, not one. You're almost forced to because yeah. of TV. Yeah, and, I was and you're to say, still not watching it. If you're at home, please do tune in on NBC yeah, to the Olympics because we that leads yeah. into me. Theo's having to work until two <laughs> thirty in the morning because of NBC carrying yeah. the Olympics so and be WPT's watching. coverage. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean Theo's suffering <laughs> right now. Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. And again, tweeted us at KLV one zero six three. And still talk some Brady. Talk about who you have the sports. Love for I love Mike McDaniel. Theo loves Giannis Antetokounmpo unabashedly. Will Tom Brady come back? Like maybe, maybe, maybe he left the door open for. And and who would it be? Where would he go to? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. He's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. Here's Ken LaVica. Mm-hmm. 
I truly had no idea that Stone Labanowitz was uh, was Mr. Olympics. I certainly did not see that coming. Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3, presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Tuesday. Visit fau.edu slash MBA Sport. I cut off the guy who's paid to have the deep voice. Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. It's Tuesday. It means he is hanging out with us until 2 o'clock as we start our number two. All right, so you watched figure skating last night? Yeah, I flew back. In fourth between figure skating and USA versus Canada women's hockey. Okay. There were good storylines in both of them, but my Twitter timeline had just flooded for some reason with this kid named Nathan Chen. Figu- what, what were the storylines, first of all? Well, <laughs> so in 2018, this figure skater, Nathan Chen, apparently like slipped and fell, uh-huh. almost like a disqualification thing. And he was a clear favorite, like 10 to 1 odds in 2018, and ended up losing. And so he's waiting four years. Hasn't been, he got injured, hasn't been able to do anything with COVID. Got it. Gets to come to Beijing in 2022. And the guy he was going up against had no shot to beat him, but was supposed to be going for this quadruple axle mm-hmm. that scored you know, a crazy amount of points. It mm-hmm. was the only way he was going to beat Nathan Chen. So the guy went out there, didn't land, the, didn't land that quadruple axle, and Nathan Chen just brilliantly, I've never seen anything like this in my life. He just, just jogged his way to gold and set a world record last night. It was wow. cool to watch. Like, wow. like the commentators and the way they set it up and you know the story behind everything, I was like, this, is, this kid is the master of his craft. He's 22 years old. It was cool. Listen to how transfixed he is. Yeah. I mean, he is bought in. He is what, he's the type of person that NBC, that's why they decide to pay the billions oh, of dollars yeah. to carry the Olympics. Because if... It could, because of, of, of pure souls like Stone Lebanowitz, who is now engulfed by the spirit of the games. Yeah. Uh, Nathan Chen, by the way, a world record, 113.97 points in the Minnesota Whoa. program. Well, hold on I don't know what that means, but it's a lot. World 113? 113.97. 0.97. But what does that mean? <laughs> Talk to me about 113.97, because like you said he's the Tom Brady of figure skating, so <laughs> give me a compare and contrast of what that means in NFL numbers. So you get like... Three, I think you get four to five jumps or like tricks. Okay. Okay. That's how you score. <laughs> tricks. I don't so, think they're called so, tricks. <laughs> it, to me, it was a oh, nice trick. No, that happens <laughs> after you compete. Yeah. <laughs> you get those. You, when you get, get those. The, those are when the tricks start. Yeah. So, so, I mean, his first one, right? He, he just went up, jumped, and did this crazy spin, and boom, got hit with like an 18. And everyone else had their first spin, had got hit with like 11. Okay. So I'm like, damn, you know, he's that much better. Damn. It was like compared to like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady jogging out. Uh, after a touchback on the 25-yard line and throwing four touchdown passes down the seam, like four verticals, just like Hail Mary, like boom, 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 wow. boom. Like Devontae Adams, Mike Evans, just right down the seam or right down the sideline, and they score. Like, like he was that perfection at the highest level. And that was the comparison. They were comparing him to the Tom Brady's, of, and he's 22 years old. And it was just, it was just, you know, uh, until acting. Nathan yeah. Chen's been doing it for 22 yeah. years, like Tom Brady. Then maybe that's an apt comparison. To me, Nathan Chen, he failed one time, and now he's back on the highest stage, and maybe he won a championship. Uh-oh. I think Nathan Chen's more Aaron Rodgers. Oh, <laughs> I do. I like that. Or yeah. Mahomes, maybe. Or Mahomes, yeah. Or Mahomes. He's still endless young talent. Enough. Yeah, he's still young enough. He has endless talent. He's flashy. Yeah. But only he's he's gonna have one ring after this one. Like you can't compare him to Brady. That's yeah. lazy. NBC, but, what are you doing? There you go back into your cave of doom <laughs> and just my cave of doom and sports despair. Yeah, yeah. My cynical, my cynical sports takes. Now I'm sorry. I'm not. I can't. I, I can't ride with that Tom Brady Nathan Chen comparison. But sounds exciting. I'm glad you explained <laughs> it to me instead of me watching it. Are you going to? So again, it was a world record in the short program. Is that? Yeah. Okay. Sure. 
All right. So what's on? Uh, by the way, what happened in the U.S. and uh, and and Canada? Yeah, did we win? Hockey? Canada gave it to us. Yeah. That's so what they how do. was that good? How was that compelling? It, it was, yeah. What were the storylines there, Stone? To be honest, they I'm not sure where they find these girls, and I don't like saying that, but like I don't know where they came from. I'm like, are these college girls or these professional? I have no idea. But I they're just women, loved, first of all, Stone. They're, <laughs> they're they're grown women. Some of them might be. Some might be. Like 17? Right? Yeah, Maybe. I think so. And okay. they just, I just was a fan of them crashing each other into the boards and, and getting in the penalty box. Because I'm like, you know what? We're giving these, these girls a shot. Giving like, the work. go get it. Yeah. All right. And we lost. Good, good, break down, good breakdown, Stone. <laughs> His go hockey breakdown was way less enthusiastic <laughs> yeah, than it was yeah. about Nathan Chen. Like, he's breaking down <laughs> Nathan Chen's life story. And they're like, what were the storylines for U.S.-Canada yeah. hockey? Uh, they were hitting each other. Yeah, no. Go get them. He said, I don't know where they found them. <laughs> yeah. Where yeah. are they finding these women on the Where did they find these girls? <laughs> like, go get them. <laughs> uh, Stone, that was not exactly what I was looking for with the storylines to hockey, okay? I, I told you I was watching three hours of Nathan Chen. So I was like, oh, what's the score? <laughs> Flip the channel back. And then I go back to Nathan Chen, oh, twirling man. and jumping and flipping. Uh huh. So what's on tap for tonight? I'm not sure. All right. You're just whatever's on, yeah. you roll with it. He's locked in. Yeah, I'll do my research in a little he's bit. He's locked in. He's locked in on the Olympics. All right, good. Uh, our, our own Jim McKay, may he rest in peace, Stone Lebanowitz here on Ken Levick Alive, and there is no way that Stone Lebanowitz actually got that reference. Uh, here with Theo Dorsey, <laughs> WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. Uh, I- I'm trying to decide... If Brian Flores is purposely now just trying to torpedo his career. And I do think your perspective is important on this because I have not been able to get your perspective on this Brian Flores lawsuit against the NFL accusing um, the, the Giants and Broncos especially of uh, of skirting the Rooney rule, of uh, major problems with diversity hiring in the NFL, which there are. There are. There absolutely are. Uh, and then also the Dolphins, Stephen Ross, paying him money, $100,000 per game to lose in mm-hmm. 2019. So Brian Flores, before he wrapped up this coaching cycle, the NFL wrapped up this coaching cycle, decided to bring forth this lawsuit. Certainly risky, right, with him still in the mix, especially for the Texans job. Uh, that was that was definitely risky. And I I applaud Brian Flores and his courage and his bravery to bring this to the forefront. It is a bold move that certainly could jeopardize his career. The Texans decided not to go the route of Brian Flores. They have hired instead Lovey Smith, who last year was on David Cauley's staff as the defensive coordinator. Lovey Smith, glorious beard and all, is now the new Texans head coach. Brian Flores and his team of lawyers released the following statement yesterday after the hiring of Lovey was made official. Quote, Mr. Flores is happy to hear that the Texans have hired a black head coach, Lovey Smith, as Mr. Flores' goal in bringing his case is to provide real opportunities for black and minority candidates to be considered for coaching and executive positions within the NFL. However... We would be remiss not to mention that Mr. Flores was one of three finalists for the Texans head coach position. And after a great interview and mutual interest, it is obvious that the only reason Mr. Flores was not selected was his decision to stand up against racial inequality across the NFL. End quote. Mm. I have been all for Brian Flores in this crusade that he is on. I agree with him, with what he's standing for. But. Brian Flores has made a hell of a lot of assumptions throughout his media tour and in the contents of that lawsuit, assuming that the Giants had already hired Brian Dable, assuming that John Elway was hungover or drunk at the time that they met, and now assuming 
that the only reason that, again, fellow black man, Lovey Smith got hired is because Brian Flores had filed the lawsuit. Brian Flores undercutting the same thing that he's been fighting for with this lawsuit, to me, Theo, is a horrendous look on Brian Flores' part. It is, for one, the reason why two things I would diagnose with the situation. Number one is he needs more people, as in he needs other fellow head coaches, because this – this is a real problem in the NFL. Yeah. And we don't have to go through the numbers. Like any, anybody that knows anything about what the NFL's hiring practices have been and firing practices with black head coaches, it's a problem, mm-hmm. right? I think it will help him a lot when he gets other black coaches or assistants to step up with him in this class action suit. But also, he may have picked the wrong lawyers. Like, there's no way that if Brian Flores had lawyers or a team around him, he needs a better team around him because if they had any – I don't want to say he shouldn't have hired two white lawyers to fight his anti-discrimination case against the NFL, but if those lawyers had any any bit of a better perspective about how that looks and to call out another black coach who has been successful and mm-hmm. even led a team to a, to a, a Super, Super Bowl, Bowl. Yeah. and say the only reason Brian Flores didn't get the job over the guy who also was an inside hire is because he was – Filing a suit, it was one of the reasons, but you can't say it's the only reason right. because now you're doing the very thing that people do to undercut and undermine black coaches in the NFL uh-huh. by saying, oh, they only got this because of this. They only do well in that offense because he's under Andy Reid or he's under a great play caller. Like, now you're being more part of the problem than you are exactly. the solution. It, it, to me, it, it undercuts the message. It undercuts the fight. It was stupid. It's stupid. It's disrespectful. And is an element of of that statement probably correct? Yeah, I'm sure the Texans backed away a little bit because Brian Flores is suing the entire NFL. It was wrong, though. The statement said the only reason. The only reason. You right. can't say that definitively. That's the key word. Exactly. There is no way to prove that. It is not definitive. Yeah. And Brian Flores, though he had two winning seasons with the Dolphins, did he go to the playoffs? No. Was Lovey Smith on the staff last year? Is there continuity there? Yes. Did Lovey Smith go to a Super Bowl? Yes. With Rex Grossman with as his quarterback. With Rex Grossman. Exactly. So do I think personally Brian Flores is a better NFL coach than Lovey Smith at this point in 2022? Yeah, I do. Yeah, but to say that the only reason that Brian Flores is not the head coach of the Houston Texans and Lovey Smith is, Brian Flores and his lawyers are torpedoing what's left of Brian Flores' opportunity to be a coach in the NFL. And honestly, not just a head coach, but an assistant in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. It comes off as petty, it comes off as sour grapes. It comes off as spiteful. It comes off as hateful. And honestly, it is completely hypocritical to the message in the fight that Brian Flores is trying to carry out. It is. It diminishes all of the things he said last week. You're either for minority hires or you're not. Yeah. And this comes off as the latter when Brian Flores is attacking one of his own in this fight. And that's the problem. That, the reason why I say, again, I think he needs a better team. I don't think Brian Flores would have drafted that um, up himself. I don't think that was a Brian. I would like to at least assume, as we're doing assumptions here, that Brian Flores didn't want to go about it that way. 
But like we've seen on the interviews where his lawyers have stepped in with him and sat down with him and done interviews like the CBS one, yeah. they seem to be doing a lot of controlling of the message and a lot of interjecting and stealing the headline of the show. So I think that was more of a his team put a statement out thing. And I think if he had smarter, better lawyers with better perspective, maybe guys who uh, you know shared a similar background that he did, uh, or maybe guys who at least understand why you can't make statements like that in the midst of a discrimination lawsuit like that, then it wouldn't have came out. But that was a literal – I mean, it feels like they're purposely torpedoing yeah. his case. Like, did the NFL pay his lawyers off to right. say something stupid like yeah, that? Yeah, it, it is stupid. Like, it's just stupid. Did and anybody re- – like, did anybody look at it and say, hey, maybe we shouldn't put this out? Yeah. It was stupid as I, I don't understand – because it's it's a direct shot at Lovey Smith. Yeah. Why? And you know what this is going to do? This is going to eliminate, it, just like now, he'll never be hired by the Giants for anything. He'll never be hired by the Broncos for anything. The fact that this statement's put out, that that's another team crossed off the list, an organization that he will never work for. And, and I, I do, do I think Brian Flores, there was cause to fire him with the Dolphins? Yeah, and I've talked about it at length on this show. I, 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 in Friday Night Lights, Stone has heard me say, it. like, there were a number of reasons why I think Brian Flores, he got fired, and you know what? Willing to accept it. That's fine. Um, I want Brian Flores to work again. He can be a head coach. He can be effective. I want him to carry on this fight while also being employed in the NFL. This, this statement about Lovey Smith, it's just mind-numbingly dumb. I, I don't understand why a shot would be taken at Lovey Smith. And these are the highest priced lawyers, though, that you're going to find. Anybody who's anyone in the legal industry says that that Brian Flores' lawyers, these are the guys. Yeah. These guys get stuff done. Me as the common fan, you as a fan, I look at this, though, you look at this, and I don't get it. Maybe it's because we're not we're not into speaking legalese, and we don't understand the strategy. But I, I for the life of me, Theo, cannot understand what they're trying to accomplish with that. I tried to rack my brain yesterday. Well, maybe, maybe this is an angle they could take. Maybe this is a stance they could take by sending this out. Maybe they're trying to prove this. I couldn't find one thing where this is beneficial to Brian Flores in any way, shape, or form. Any way, shape, or form. And maybe I'm an idiot, and maybe I need a lawyer to explain it to me. But this seems detrimental to the future of Brian Flores. Yeah, I don't see it either. And like you said, maybe there's a big brain lawyer side of it, whereas they're trying to prove something in court, they have to use that verbiage. But in the court of public opinion, this definitely hurts them. And it gives people the the opportunity to open the door to say maybe everything Brian Flores is doing mm-hmm. is wrong. And I think maybe he's just bitter. And, and you already know whenever, especially when a, a black person steps up to say something in America like, hey, maybe it's a little racist out here. People look for anything to attack that person's character or their case so that they can just ignore the fact that racism does exist in yeah. America still in 2022. And that was a stupid way to open the door to that. If this was Josh McCown, I'd say, all right, yeah, yeah. I get the statement. But I don't, I for the life of me, like I, I cannot think of one singular reason why this would be good for Brian Flores or why anybody would see this and say, damn right, I'm behind you, Brian. If anything, it's, it's divisive. It's divisive, and it really spoils the messaging of the last five days or so. Brian Flores, right now at this point, do you feel like he's to blame for his predicament? Is Brian Flores and his lawyers to blame right now for his predicament where he is not a head coach in the NFL? 
And you can tweet at us at KLV1063. Also, whose decision was it in the middle of this coaching cycle still to present this lawsuit? Isn't this something that could have waited a week and a half? Uh, If the lawyers advised him, hey, do it now, right after you didn't get the Giants job, while he's still up for a couple of coaching jobs, including the Texans, that's some smooth brain stuff right there, too. I would say it's at least more honorable that he did it before he got a job because then you can say he's falling on his sword for the greater cause, but you undermine all of that when you yeah. heckle a black coach that just got a job over you. I also feel like you don't have to fall on your sword. You could wait, be employed, and then file the lawsuit, still bring attention to it, and not have to fall on a sword. I want Brian Flores to have a job. Yeah, I don't want him to have to sacrifice his living I agree with him when he says he has the gift of coaching. He's, he's a good coach. He's, he's going to be a good coach. gifted coaching. He is. He is. And he is an unbelievable defensive mind. He, at the very least, should be one of the highest paid defensive coordinators in all of football, if not a head coach again. Yeah. And this is the stuff. This statement yesterday, taking a shot at Lovey Smith, that I fear is going to keep him from getting back in the league at all, ever again. And I think he's getting bad advice. It just seems to me that, and again, I'm no legal expert, but it feels like he's getting bad advice. Brian Flores and his lawyers, are they to blame for Flores' current predicament? 888-760-3776. Vinny is in West Palm. What's up, Vin? Uh, I'm not a legal mind, so let's start with that. (laughs) But um, I will tell you, you know, he made a, a that this is another major mistake, and and I'll give you another great thing that I, I listen. He he talks about his integrity, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the integrity of the game, integrity of the game. But then he comes out and says that Stephen Ross uh, was willing to pay him for losses. Where, where any legal team is going to say, okay, why didn't you present that while you were on the team? You know, why didn't you make that known back then? If you if you're so big about your integrity, now we're going to call into question your integrity because. You waited till you were fired, and then you were salty about it and, and did that. Now, another black coach who's got all, a great resume yeah. gets a job, and you go on and attack him, they're going li- to sit here, and it's going to make a really, really bad impression immediately. Yeah. Take for a- another point is, unless they have something written or, or, or uh, audio taped, this is a very hard case to prove, the, the, the stuff with the Giants. Belichick could say, oh, I would talk to somebody who was missing. First of all, Belichick's not going to give up anything, even on span. You know he's not. Right. I mean, Spygate, all that other stuff. He's never. He's going to keep his mouth shut as much as he possibly can. So now you got to have something. If he doesn't have something concrete, this is going to come back on Brian Flores even worse than he thinks now. There's multiple different things that he's doing that are bad steps. Uh, the fact that he waited to, to out Stephen Ross, and if he doesn't have direct proof of it, it's going to look really bad when he's calling into uh, account his integrity. Uh, these are some really, really bad steps. He should have done it a different way. Um, he should have called out Stephen Ross while he hired him. And while he was still working for the Dolphins and said, listen, this is what's going on. I just want to be up in front and I have the information. Uh, otherwise, don't present it if you can't prove it. And, and the last thing I'll say is this is going to turn, if it continues down this road, really bad for him and he's not going to be an nfl coach he's not no the rest of the owners are going to get together and they're going to be like listen we're not going to allow this guy coming in because he's gonna what's he gonna say next he's going to be calling into question anything 
and we don't know what he's you know what's true and what's not true. I don't want him near our our, our uh, uh, organization at all. He, everything he does and touches, it's going to be something negative. He's even attacking coaches that have nothing to do with this. We don't, you know, let's let this problem go away. There's other coaches we could take care of and, and other coaches that deserve it. And, yes, he's, he's well qualified, but sometimes you just don't hire those people that have, you know, that cause problems. Sure. So uh, if this keeps going the way it is, I, I mean, he's going to be a coach at FIU. <laughs> if he doesn't, you know, fix yeah. the situation, and, and so. that is the the dregs of uh, of coaching society. Thank you, Vin. Uh, I it's it's one thing to call out executives and to call out ownership. Okay, it's been done plenty, and it's rightful. It's another thing to call out someone in the same fraternity who has fought the same battles you have before you. Before a guy that you. low key paved the way yeah. for your route. Like he's a defensive minded black coach who got an opportunity and took a team to a Super Bowl. It just it leaves such a terrible impression. I, I for the life of me can't understand the strategy of that. Now, one more thing before we break. I, I and Keeley tried to make this point and and I and and it, I, I know that, that Vin just said it. Why didn't he call it out when it was happening if Stephen Ross was offering him money if he's talking about integrity? I get it. Because, listen, you fought this hard and waited this long for a job. I'm not going to let someone else's actions, someone else's lack of integrity, yeah. take away the opportunity that I have earned. I'm not doing that. I can be the, and I'm definitely not. But if I think I'm, I'm the most integrity-filled person, I'm still not going to let someone else dictate whether or not I should stay in a position that I earned. Yeah, that's a disingenuous take by people who are, again, Anybody looks for any way to chop down at an issue when they don't want to believe what the root cause is. Brian, Brian Flores was naming symptoms. The root cause of this is the fact that NFL owners don't think black people are that smart. That's what it is. I mean, we, we don't have to, I know we got a break soon, so we don't have to get into all of that. But the root cause of it is, for whatever reasons, NFL owners don't think black guys are that smart. That's why black guys weren't allowed to play quarterback for so long, and that's why the fight to be head coaches in the NFL has been a long and hard battle. So for Brian Flores and this whole, oh, well, why didn't he call out Stephen Ross back when he got offered 100 k you could say that maybe if he purposely did lose those games, but he showed his integrity by leading those teams to wins yeah. and not accepting, or at least we don't know, but we assume he's not accepted the 100 k per loss. So yeah. that's a stupid take to say, hey, oh, why did you call it out on the spot? Well, why would you? You're, you're, this is your first opportunity as a head coach. Yeah. Why are you going to call right. out your first boss in the midst right. of it? Yeah, if Brian Flores like, calls out his his billionaire white owner, yeah. you think Brian Flores is going to get another job in the oh. NFL? Stupid. Right. But instead, Brian Flores, he gets fired, and fine, he, he brings it up. After a winning season. After a winning season, and I'm sure he's upset, but this ain't it. Calling out Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith, that was bad. This ain't it. I mean, by name. By name. Call out the organization. Yeah. But they, but, but. But call out Lovey Smith the, by name. The only reason Lovey Smith got a job was because I was suing the NFL. That's stupid. I mean, I, I can't think of anything more detrimental to, to, to that lawsuit and to, to Brian Flores' cause and his future than that last night. I, I thought that it was it was irony. I, I, I thought that what I was reading wasn't real. I thought it was like the onion. Yeah. But it was real. That was a real statement from Brian Flores' lawyers. Oof, I'd be having a long talk with them today. Long talk with it because yeah. he's they're paying. Uh, I'm sure he's paying them a lot more money than he thought he was going to be getting in production with stuff like that. that I could have wrote that out. Yeah, if you wanted to tank the case, yeah, then hire yeah. me. He could have. Yeah, he could have <laughs> called me and said, "Hey Ken, uh, for three million dollars, you want to completely wreck my career?" Yeah. Like, All right, 
Type it up. Five minutes done. Ken Levick alive with Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. You are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Levick. Ken Levick Alive presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. Breaking news brought to you by St. Lucie Battery and Tire. We have NBA trades. In short, what you need to know, C.J. McCollum traded by Portland. He is heading to New Orleans. It appears as if the Blazers are going to try to actually put something alongside Damian Lillard long term. <laughs> I feel very badly for C.J. McCollum. I feel like he deserves better than having to go to that, that, that just morbid franchise in New Orleans that's going to lose Zion Williamson. If Zion Williamson ever has feet that work, uh, he's going to go somewhere. Uh, and he's not going to play much longer in New Orleans. But I feel bad for C.J. McCollum. He's done too much for that franchise, done too much to help Dame Lillard in his career, and now he's off to the nether regions of of the NBA. It shows you how much respect they have for him because you know they're not dumping Damian Lillard to just anywhere. They're going to put him where he wants to go, but the fact that they let C.J. Go to New Orleans to wither away is a little disrespectful. Yeah, it definitely is. And then just moments ago, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN is reporting. You can care if you'd like. The Pacers are sending Domas Sabonis and Jeremy Lamb to Sacramento. In return, Indiana gets Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Tristan Thompson. And Justin Holiday. I know he listed Lamb twice in that tweet. So oh, Justin Holiday is, is, uh, is the other guy. He's not the second too, Jeremy Lamb. Yeah. Not two Jeremy <laughs> Lambs like Woj originally tweeted. Uh, I suppose that that helps the Pacers to an extent. Buddy Heald is you know, fine. I mean, it's good. Good shooter. It's not going to make up for Chris Levert being traded to Cleveland, which, by the way, I loved for Cleveland because the yep. Pacers got nothing back in that. Um, I mean, Cleveland's kind of like they're going for it. Oh, they're trending. They're trending upward. They definitely are trending upward. I like upward. Cleveland. Um, uh, but but that, that's what's happening <laughs> in the uh, the NBA. So Yo, again, and everybody on NBA Twitter is trying to make sense of what the Sacramento Kings are trying to do. Do the Sacramento Kings ever know what they're doing? Yeah, and like, I, we're not a big Sacramento Kings market here, but it is worth the question. What what are they? What are they doing? There, I ever. remember when their owner Vivek Ranadive took over, and one of his first ideas was, should we go four on five and have the fifth guy leak out in Snowbird, <laughs> like? Well, that might be working. He, that was a legit idea he pitched oh in an NBA God. room to his team. And, of course, thankfully they didn't go with that. But yeah. oh, The Sacramento Kings, they are one of the if, the... if the Kings aren't the least relevant franchise <laughs> in North American sports, who's l- less relevant than Ugh. them? Like, who... Honestly. Oh, there are teams out there. Who is less relevant than the Sacramento Kings? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. I promise this may be the only time, the only time I ever mention the Sacramento Kings on this show for however long it exists. But it's worth asking in light of today where the Kings are part of a an eh trade. Right. That, but, but it's an eh trade that makes them worse. The Sacramento Kings, who is less relevant than them in all of North American sports? All sports. Who's less relevant than them at the highest levels of pro sports? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. I mean, the Arizona Coyotes in the NHL are about to move to a 3,000-seat college arena <laughs> to play for the next three years because they can't pay the rent on their, their current big boy arena. Yeah. And they're more relevant. 
than the Sacramento Kings. It's incredible. The Florida Panthers haven't won a playoff game in decades, Mm. but they now have gotten good. They're more relevant than the Sacramento Kings. I can't think of another team in my brain. This includes the MLS as well. That is Real Salt Lake is more relevant than the Sacramento Kings. It's ridiculous. Uh, I wanted to bring this up because uh, when I was coming into work this morning, like I'm sort of in a rush, and I there's a lot of stuff I wanted to get done before the show. There's a lot. It's just a packed-in day because I'm, I'm traveling tomorrow for FAU basketball, going to Western Kentucky. FAU plays tonight against Old Dominion, so my day is is just cut Go to you. shorter. It's, it's tight, okay? And I'm in our parking garage here. By the way, shot at Phillips Point for making us park on the sixth floor across the street in the sun. Anyways, um, we have to get up the, the parking garage. And there's a woman in an SUV in front of me. And, you know, the parking garage, it's not like once you get past floor two, which is for guests, in our parking garage, there's usually a lot of spots open. It's a pretty big parking garage across the street here in downtown West Palm. So I'm going, 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 going. And I'm behind this woman, and she stops. I just stops. I'm like, what is she doing? Backing in to a spot <laughs> in an uncrowded parking garage. And to me, I would prefer to have to pass a parking spot and just choose another one because the person had parked too close to the line on one side. That person pisses me off less than the person who backs into a parking spot. I need to ask, because this Uh-oh. drives me crazy every time it happens, what's more infuriating when you're parking? The person who parks too close to the parking line or the person who backs in <laughs> to their parking spot? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. I'm dead serious because this happens to me all the time and I can't stay quiet about it anymore. Stop backing in to your parking spaces. There's no reason for it. In fact, unsurprisingly, I have a theory about people that back into their parking spaces. And here's the common retort from those people. Oh, but I drive a truck. I drive a big automobile. So it's easier for me to leave. But what's easier about you backing into it? (laughs) If you drive a truck or a big vehicle, what's easier about you backing in to the parking space? You know what it is? I think that it's a sign of insecurity. (laughs) It's a sign of insecurity about one's ability to put their automobile into reverse and get out of a parking spot. You don't trust yourself (laughs) and your driving abilities to, like a regular human being, back out of a parking spot and operate that way. I have more respect to the person that just kind of mistakenly parks too close to the parking line than I do Mm. the back in the parking spot. It's needless. You don't need to do it. There's absolutely no reason to back into a parking spot in any situation. Sorry, there's not, and no one can tell me otherwise. What drives you more crazy, the person who parks too close to the parking line or backs into the parking spot? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Yeah, I mean, I, I got to disagree with you because that person's thinking about that <laughs> latter part of their day, like leaving work. You know, when they leave work, you want to – Open the door, you want to sit down, you want to turn the key, and you want to roll on home. You don't want to have to do all that backing out and stuff. They're just thinking about saving some time on the end of the day. Absolutely not. No, absolutely not. It's disrespectful. 
It's it, I, it is arrogant because you are neglecting who's behind you, what's going on around you. Yeah, you're the only one in the world. You know what? I'm yeah, gonna back exactly. Spot. There is because at least when you're backing out of a spot, everybody else in the parking lot can see it. Right? You can see the white lights when you're going in reverse. You can see that. Hey, if you're trying to claim that spot, all right, stop your car, throw on the turn signal, and wait. Okay, yeah, yeah. let them do their thing. And this happens when I'm bringing my kids to school. This happens in the parking garage at Phillips Point. All of a sudden, these people are just stopping. All of a sudden, you see red lights. You're like, what the hell? I almost rear in them. Why, why are you stopping? You were, just, you were just in drive. Why are you stopping with nobody around? Like, let's go. Just drive into a parking spot. And then you're sitting there and you realize, oh, these fools are backing in. And you're held <laughs> up. You're held up. You're held up when you don't have to be held up. The person just made a right or a left-hand turn into the parking spot. Another thing is the person who then, if they're trying to turn left into a parking spot or right into a parking spot, they're going to cut it out wide. Have confidence in yourself. You all have driver's license. (laughs) You've driven before. Know your depth perception, okay? Have some confidence in yourself. I truly believe it's the most insecure that cannot back out of a parking spot. I would so I'm gonna be with Stone on this one. First off, I was raised the backer in her. This is the thing. In the Dorsey household, <laughs> my pops taught me, he said you're gonna back in that spot every time, right? So for I was raised the backer in her. Yeah, for what reason so is your dad preaching that it. to his there's, son? There, uh, no. It's because it's a Dorsey family tradition. It's a, it's Doesn't a mean it's right. <laughs> When you get that driver's license, you come home, he's like, you're not done yet, son. <laughs> you still got one more lesson to learn. You come, you yeah. come roll out to me to Walmart. I'll see if you got it. So, But what I'll say is this. Are you a guy, you have back-to-back, you have contiguous uh, off days, right? Are you a guy that gets your to-do list done on the first off day or the second off day? <laughs> the second off day. Of all course. right. So, so, so there's the difference. I'm a guy, so I have back-to-back off days. I like to get all my to-do list done on that first off day and chill the second off day, mm-hmm. just like when I'm parking, I like to back in on the front end. Now, I will say, I'm, I'm more of a courteous person in general, so if I see a line of people behind me or even a person behind me, I'll just turn in and get it over with. See, that's the, no, that's the adult thing. Yeah, do. yeah, yeah. But mo- any other situation, I'm trying to back in just because I like to get that part over with early. And like uh-huh. you said, I'm done with work. I'm done grocery shopping or whatever. I like to be able to just pull on out. You know when you should back into a parking spot? The only time is when you're parallel parking. And if you don't know how to do that, learn it <laughs> like an adult. But you know what? I'm okay with the, the backing into a parking spot if there's no one around. Yeah, you're yeah. being courteous about it. But it's the people that throw on their brakes with a bunch of people behind them in a busy parking lot. Yeah. And then they expect you to just stop and wait for them to inch in. Christina Costanza. Uh, who are you here on the home team today at four? Josh Cohen on the home team. I like backing in my car. You're just upset. You suck at it. Oh. Hey, Tina, parallel park. Show me how you parallel park, country girl. I guarantee you didn't have to learn it. You know what makes you the most established driver? If you're a city kid like me and you learned how to parallel park. All Boom. right? All right? Parallel parking is harder than backing in. I will Damn right it is. That's a legitimate skill. I hate par- I hate parallel parking, but I'll back in, you know, any day. Benjamin's in Boynton. Benjamin's on Ken Levick Alive. What's up, Benjamin? Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for getting me on. Yep. So, so I'm, I'm with you. I, and I think people, no matter where you live, you think you have the worst drivers. Always. In the world. Yeah. Like, that's, you know, that's just a thing, right? Absolutely. But I think in South Florida, we actually can... We, we have a stake in that, that argument that this is the worst in the world. Yeah. I don't care. I mean, it, it, it's terrible. So, 
Ken, I'm totally with you. It, what I what I think is funny is that you're going to back up either way. You're either going to back in or you're going to back out of your spot. So you're not saving time or doing anything. You're right. not you're not avoiding anything, exactly. any inconvenience. You're still going to have to back out or back in. So it doesn't matter, right? Like you don't have to back in. You're making everybody else wait, and yeah. you look like a jackass. Yeah. Excuse my French. No, you're totally fine because they're oh. jackass. Yes. All right. I have a counterpoint okay. though. What's your counterpoint, uh, okay, man? Who is raised? Hold on, one okay. Before I... uh, go ahead, man. Yeah, go ahead. So, so, and what I what I have heard though, the only thing that I could I could defend these people about is that they say the majority of accidents in parking lots happens when you're backing out of it's your true. parking spot. It's true. That is what I've heard. I don't know. I don't have any factual data to back that up, but that's that's what I've heard. Hey. Um, so I'll give them that. But I'm still frustrated by the guy who can't park. You've parked a million times in your life. Right. Stay in your line. Yeah. How exactly. hard is that? Yeah, it's it, really not that difficult. That I agree. And if you have to take the extra second to straighten yourself out, uh, then you do it. And appreciate the call, Benjamin. Uh, so is that, do you have data to back up that more accidents occur when you're backing out of your parking spot? Well, I don't have data, but I'm just a human being who lives life and understands how things work. <laughs> and obviously... Oh, the theometrics yeah, are coming. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could have just totally gone with your dad again. Yeah, my dad told yeah, me that every yeah, day. Yeah. Here we go. Theolytics. Yeah. Theolytics, what's but, been passed down. But no, what I'll say is this. When you, when you are driving to back into a spot, you see everything, right? So you know exactly what's in front of you. You know if there's a kid and a, a kids with their mom pushing a cart, and you see everything behind you. So you know the situation you're backing into. So you have more vision and perspective on your environment before you back in. If you're backing out of a spot... Way less perception, especially if you don't have a rear view camera. You got to do a lot more looking and peeking. You got to worry if somebody's coming out of nowhere, driving fast in the parking lot. Didn't think about that, did you? And I'm sure more accidents do happen when you can't see what's behind you as you're backing up versus when you're backing into a spot that you've already scoped the scene on. Okay, I got my Kia K5 GT from Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. I got the camera. I got the sensor in the back, so I'm set. I (laughs) go prepared, okay? Thank you, Greenway Kia West Palm Beach, where I got my Kia K5 GT. It's where you should get your Kia today as well, GreenwayKiaWestPalmBeach.com. The selection impeccable, including the little cameras on the back of your car. That's all it takes. And you know what? You want to know why I can back out of a parking spot and I'd hit anybody? Because I'm confident. I'm not insecure. I've got the guts. Yeah. All right? And I'm not disrespectful to people behind me when I'm actually parking my car. I want traffic to flow. Get some confidence, people. You were raised right, unlike Theo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You weren't raised like... If you would have been raised in that Dorsey household, <laughs> you would have understood what it took I, I to totally, back in the spot. I love the thought of Theo getting his license, driving home, and his dad said... You're not done yet. <laughs> one more In the driveway. Yeah, arms one, one more lesson to learn before you drive by yourself, youngster. Yeah. Uh, he's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News 10 of 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Lavica. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. You are listening to Ken Lavica Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Lavica. Hey, one more thing while we're talking about parking lots, okay? If you drive a little tiny person car, like a, a Beetle or a Fiat, mm. <laughs> like, do, could you like go halfway into the spot as opposed to all the way into the spot? <laughs> because as you're coming down the aisle, it always looks like that spot is open and you're giving people false hope. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah. If you if if you drive a little tiny person car. Stop teasing us and like put the back end even with all the rest of the yeah. cars. That's my one request. And you, for those of you that drive motorcycles and park in actual car spots, I, I don't know, park in a motorcycle spot if they're there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Or just don't 
come out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. Like I just, I feel like it's the it's the the. The nice thing to do, yeah. okay? It's the nice thing to do. Ken LeVick alive here on ESPN 106.3. Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. Are you on TV tonight? I am not on TV tonight. Tomorrow. Okay. No TV tonight. Well, uh, actually, tomorrow's Keeley, too. I'm back on TV Friday night. Okay. After the Olympics with Stone watching. How late are you expected to be at WPTV till uh, during the Olympics? Because, again, NBC carries the Olympics, WPTV, NBC affiliate, uh, Theo, Keeley, Tyree, they're all doing sports there. That's usually the last thing of the 11 o'clock, but the 11 o'clock doesn't happen at 11 o'clock because mm. that's primetime NBC coverage. There's big money involved. Big corporate NBC needs to make its sponsorship cash. So what is your, what is your cutoff time to work looking like now during the Olympics? So now, thankfully... Thankfully, on Friday, we're going to start at 11. And on Saturday, at least according to the schedule that McLovin sent out, we're starting at 11. But on Sunday, we're starting at midnight, which means our show won't be over until about 1 because Honda 5, or not Honda 5 Sports Live, but I think Financial 5 Sports Live starts at like 12.30. So I'll be sending out that TV recap around like 1, oh, 1.15 a.m. I'll get home around 1.30 in the morning. That's but I'll get to bummer, watch some man. good figure skating with Stone, right? All right. All right. Even That's, though it's over, you can watch some highlights. Yeah. <laughs> Stone's on top of it, man. He is. We, I, I love that he was so – he had the full Nathan Shen backstory, had nothing on hockey. Nothing. No storyline on hockey, but all in on, uh, on Nathan Shen. All right. So he is one of the pettiest people you're going to find. No, not Brian Flores. It is a man who, if he's playing you in fantasy, he's going to FaceTime you. He's going to look you in the eyes and say, you lost, sucker. If your team lost a critical game, heartbreaker, he's going to make fun of you. He's going to point and laugh. Want to know why? Because he's a troll. He's the most petty person I know. He's Theo Dorsey, and now he stands at the Temple of Troll. Congregation, it's time to hear the good word. He prays for your sports pain. Rocio then rejoices and preaches pettiness. Theo Dorsey is in his bully pulpit in the Temple of Troll. Man, oh man, you thought it was going to be easy, right? Right? So you want to force your way out of my hometown, Uh-oh. my city, Houston, Texas. <laughs> you want to you wanna have a little sissy fit, not really play, kind of half-ass it, right? And you get forced to a trade to Brooklyn, right? Uh-oh. And you thought it would be easy. Uh-oh. I'm going to go to a team with Kevin Durant. The beard. And Kyrie Irving. The beard. And James Harden. Uh-oh. You thought the grass was going to be greener out there in Brooklyn, but it seems as we approach this NBA trade deadline, somebody wants out again. (laughs) You thought you can get you a nice little beer belly, be the third man in Brooklyn, and cruise to a championship, but KD's out. Kyrie Irving doesn't want to get the the vaccine, so he's only here for, what, you know, half the time, and now it's all on your shoulders again. You thought it was over with, with that when you left Houston, but now you want to get traded on Thursday just like everybody else. You are soft. You are somebody who should literally soft to the touch like the Pillsbury Doughboy. (laughs) And you chunky Southpaw, you're making all us left-handers look bad because now you want to force your way out again and go to Philly where you probably cry and leave them too. James Harden, you should have never left Houston. We loved you. We took care of you. And so many people are not getting their college education paid because you're not in the Houston strip clubs anymore. James Harden, (laughs) come back to Houston, baby. 
Uh, Theo Dorsey, the Temple of Troll, taking aim at James Harden. How dare he deny the fine young women of Houston on, their college man. education? Come on, man. Uh, it's time to unlock the fridge for the biggest <laughs> game of the year. Visit AJ's American Grill. McKenna's Twisted Tuna Jupiter, the Draft House, or Dave's Last Resort to Enter. All you have to do is scan the QR code on site, fill out the form. One lucky fan will receive a mini fridge full of Budweiser. Budweiser is the king of beers since 1876. Brought to you by Southern Eagle, who reminds you to drink responsibly. For Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29, and Stone Labanowitz Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levicka. We've been live on ESPN 106.3. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.